0: welcome back to react native radio podcast brought to you by record high temperatures enjoying this year's don't worry next year we'll have new records episode 246 Makari from native to react native in 18 months
1: I'm kind of surprised I made it to the recording this morning because I got a new toy and it's a new computer. It's a gaming computer and I was setting it up last night until the wee hours. So, you know,
2: are you, telling you may me, or may not have all of me. Are you telling me your Mac Studio isn't good enough to be a gaming rig? Ooh.
1: You know, I would love for it to be and it has an incredible processor and there's so many cool things, but you know how many games don't work with mac yeah there's a lot of games that don't work or if they do they work with like intel max and not m1 max
2: it's true it's an issue
1: that
0: is true so I...
1: instead i got a i got a, a laptop uh electronics is the the brand i actually that's my previous uh, gaming la- laptop as well it is windows 11 i've never used windows 11 before so that's kind of interesting hmm. and got it all set up the weirdest thing about it though is that it's liquid cool that's pretty mm. cool. It's actually liquid cooled. That's
2: so counterintuitive. <laughs> hey, let's take a bunch of electronics and then like run a bunch of like liquid <laughs> through it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it actually has like a, an external cooling tower. Oh my! Yeah, uh, I've seen that. And then One some of those hoses.
2: So it like runs the liquid through yeah. and like it absorbs the heat and then it comes out and then it goes through the cooling tower, right? And then which runs is back. basically
1: uh, like a radiator, more or less. Does it have a light in it? So far, yeah, it actually does have a little LED Mm -hmm. um, and you can change the color. RGB. And things like that. (laughs) Obviously, you may be wondering, like, why have a laptop if you're tied to a cooling tower? Well, the interesting thing is you can, like, decouple it, like, uh, you know, like remove the the, the hoses and it all just quickly seals and you don't get water everywhere. Like, not even a drop. It's Mm -hmm. just it just pops out and then you can use it just air cooled as well. So there's kind of like both things built in. But then when it's air-cooled, you probably don't want to run it on the most performance. Anyway, this is all really nerdy stuff. But, (laughs) you know, of course, I'm going to be using the latest and greatest games.
2: You mean Uh, Rocket League? uh,
1: Maybe. Minecraft. Maybe Rocket League, which is not the latest and greatest. So is your Twitch
2: stream
3: changing? Are you (laughs) rebranding?
1: Should, yeah. I should change from React Native Live to, like, Jamin plays games very badly. (laughs) Live. Live. (laughs) Live.
2: (laughs) Got to keep that branding.
1: Yeah. I'm excited, though. So, uh, you know, I'm going to go as quickly as I can so I can get back to gaming. Um, I guess I do have a job to do as well. (laughs) I don't know.
2: maybe Uh, CTO of something, I think. uh, Something. I don't
1: know. Uh, let me go read the copy just to figure out what that is. So <laughs> I'm Jamin Holmgren, your host and friendly CTO of... Oh, it's, it's Infinite Red. That's who it is, who I work for. Uh, I live in the beautiful Pacific Northwest with my wife and four kids. I play recreational hockey. I just added that to my bio, by the way, because I want to make sure live. people know. Yeah, it's, it's in the template, though, so you're going to hear it more. And uh, I drive my tractor whenever I get an excuse to. Uh, I'm joined today... By my spiffy co-hosts, Robin and Mazen, as well as our guest, Naomi Makino, which I'm going to introduce in just a bit, but you all are spiffy today. You do look spiffy today. People who are listening can't see, but
3: you know. <laughs> we're like moving in a spiffy way right now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that's how spiffy works, but we'll, 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 we'll say with that it. that's how it we'll works. Go with it. Robin Heintz is a senior software engineer at Infinite Red. She's located west of Portland, Oregon with her husband and two kids and has specialized in React Native for the past five years. It doesn't say that you uh, are into any sports here, Robin. Uh, that's going to be an outlier of these bios. Uh,
2: you don't want to see me try and play sports. Okay. <laughs> Might
1: just, be hilarious.
2: It would be hilarious. I just asked Gant, who was my partner during the uh, water balloon toss Yes, at mm. our retreat. Mm. There's not a lot of natural athletic talent there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Also joined by Mazen Chami, who does have a lot of natural athletic talent. He lives in Durham, North Carolina with his wife and baby boy. He's a former pro soccer soccer player and coach and is a senior React Native engineer also here at Infinite Red. Mazen played goalie and I play goalie as well. And Mazen still plays goalie Mm -hmm. recreationally. Uh, The the reason I bring this up is because now I'm going to introduce Nowya. So Nowya Makino is a senior engineering manager at Mercari. Uh, you've been there, it says here, six years. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Mm. It's been a six while. Six years. That's Yeah, that's awesome. It's a long mm-hmm. time. Uh, you're located in San Francisco, California. Uh, you like to BMX uh, mountain bike. You play competitive soccer, also as a goalie, which mm-hmm. means... Three goalies. There are
0: three goalies. It's pretty there. I'm really really uh, you
3: playing goalie.
2: See, I was the kid who... I couldn't play goalie because I got glasses when I was seven years old Mm. and I was always afraid I would get hit in the face and break my glasses. (sighs) If that gives you a picture, a picture of Robin as a child.
1: So when I play, obviously, I have a cage in you know, like a like a full helmet and uh, I can't really wear my glasses underneath it. So I just don't wear my glasses when I'm playing goalie. It seems to work okay. There have been a few situations where I've lost the puck uh and like How I'm, blind are you when you
2: don't wear your glasses?
1: Not too bad. I just have like a somewhat of an astigmatism. A it's I can you No, know, I'm not. I have uh, I'm
2: not allowed to like Drive or operate machinery without my glasses.
1: My driver's license says the same thing. Huh? Uh, like you're supposed, I'm supposed to be wearing my glasses. But it's not. It's not that bad. Like I can read I'm signs. I'm pretty blind without my do
3: glasses. Do you ever ride your tractor or drive your tractor without your glasses? Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is that why the hydraulics that- was messed up the other day? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. That was that was also operator error.
2: <laughs> oh man.
3: Uh, but
1: we do have Nowia, and I'm really happy to have you, Nowia, on the program today, uh, joining us. How long have you been playing soccer
0: uh, since junior high? So it's been uh, more than 10 years more than that. Yeah, I've been mm-hmm. since I left it, So
1: fantastic. So now yeah, you are a senior engineering manager at Mercari. Uh, tell us what is Mercari? Like what, what, what exactly is Mercari?
0: Mercari um, is a marketplace app where you can buy and sell almost anything. We we take care of the transactions and shipping so that in ordinary, let's say marketplace, you have to meet in person to exchange in cash. So we, we take care of all of that in the app. Um, so people like you who have extra, you know, stuff in closet or cell phones I wanna get rid of, we make it extremely simple and easy. Our user base is now over uh, 4.8 million MAU. And we paid over one billion to set our community in the U.S. on um, this year alone. So, I'm uh, definitely growing. Wow! I,
3: I can definitely say one of the things as a developer that I really enjoyed about this project was actually using it, yeah, buying same. and selling. Same. I I've bought, bought I've a bought bunch of Christmas too. gifts. <laughs> uh, birthday gifts. So easy. And yeah, I bought baby the stuff. The other side of it. <laughs> yeah, the other side. My wife has a pile right next to my desk. And she calls it the Mercari pile. She just <laughs> throws stuff there. And then I just need to take pictures and sell it. And so seamless,
1: yeah, it is so, so easy. easy. <laughs> that that's pretty huge. Uh when you can actually use the app that that you're working on. It's that's really important. Mercari, uh obviously very well known in a, in Japan, but also becoming more and more important in the US. I, I actually remember I was driving around one time and I heard a Macari ad on the radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. And I was like, oh, that's cool.
2: I was seeing them we, on we YouTube. we were just starting the project. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, hey. "Yeah, It's
1: <laughs> that on TV. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. This episode is sponsored by Infinite Red. Infinite Red is a premier React Native design and development agency located fully remote in the U.S. and Canada. Fun fact, we have been around for about seven years. If you're looking for React Native expertise for your next React Native project, hit us up at infinite.red slash native And don't forget to mention... That you heard about us through the React Native radio podcast, specifically the Mercari one, because we want to know. All right, let's get into our topic for today. The title is, if we don't change it <laughs> between now and then, uh, From Native to React Native in 18 Months. Uh, so this is going to be about Mercari's journey from mostly native, although there were React Native elements in there, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Another fun fact, Robin and Mazen both worked on this project with Nowia. True. So. I'm the only one who here who did not work on it, so I'm going to be asking the questions. You did help me that one
3: time, so technically you did. <laughs> See, that almost makes it
1: sound worse, Mazie. <laughs> <laughs> you did I, help me that one time. I was I was really stuck <laughs> on just this just issue. the
2: one.
1: Yeah, and then I figured it just out. Just the, the ones. <laughs> I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. I trust my team. They're really great. They're better than me. And so uh And Jamin has a lot a
2: lot of other CTO things that he does every day to make this company run.
1: Like so play on my gaming computer.
2: Like playing Rocket League, yep.
1: <laughs> Gotta make fun of the boss. That's just
2: Punching <laughs> up. Exactly.
1: <laughs> uh Robin started out as the primary developer. Uh we worked very closely with Nowia all the way throughout the project. Uh Nowia was essentially our our primary um uh, contact there at Mercari and uh, there was a team on the back end we'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit uh, it did transition, the primary did transition to Mazen when Robin was out on maternity leave and then back to Robin when Mazen was out on paternity leave so <laughs>
2: we literally did a hot ca- swap Like,
1: yeah, <laughs> it was like a relay race
2: <laughs> here's the baton, you had aka the, baton. the yeah,
0: newborn yeah, exactly. it was long enough that we had a couple of babies born and life changed and all that stuff uh huh <laughs>
2: Right, yeah. there should be 18 like
0: eighteen months is just long enough for two babies. You know yeah, how definitely. if you ever
2: watch to the end of the movie credits at the very end, there's like a list of all the babies that were born during the the movie production. Yeah, mm-hmm. we should have a Mercari credits where. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Put that in the in the actual app now, Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think you should. That would be amazing. <laughs> for For you, Nowia, uh I'd I'd love to for you to tell us a bit more about yourself and how you how'd you get to where you are now at Mercari.
0: I started uh, my career in Vancouver, Canada, as a software engineer, and that's when I started also developing uh, for the mobile iOS and Android. And um, about six years ago, now I moved to you know California and states, and this is where I got a job in Mercury. Uh, back then, we only had two Android engineers, including myself. And a few other uh, engineers in the office. It was pretty small. Around that time, we decided to have our own app. MailCurry is, is the uh, the company founded in Japan, and we had the one shared uh, code base for uh, back then Japan, US, and UK. And in MailCurry US, we d- decided to have our own presence in the app. So we decided to light the app from the ground up. And that was a three month project. And at that time, Um, we decided to introduce React Native uh, as a hybrid app for non-critical feature page, like my profile settings and whatnot that are needed, essential for the app to be uh, present. But uh, we didn't have that much time uh, for for the native engineers to uh, implement. So we decided to have uh, React Native back then. Since then, we have the React Native hybrid app approach. We, you know, sometimes increase our uh, React Native presence and uh, decrease the presence and whatnot. We had a, um, you know, a relationship with the hybrid.
1: Yeah, that was one of the interesting challenges that we were, were going to talk a lot more about. But the the kind of porting from a hybrid React Native app to more of a, a full React Native app. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have kind of a lot of different challenges that come in there. Um, and... Obviously, the number one, as a consultant, you know, the integration of the two teams is is a, a common challenge. It's something that we run into with pretty much every project. The, the integration of, of two different cultures, two different teams, two different uh, styles of working, maybe um, time zones, time zones. Yeah. yeah, all those things. Who wants to to take on talking about that? Because, I, you know, I'm going to be really more as the person who was less involved with the project. Uh, I'm going to be more kind of the interviewer here.
3: The time zone thing was it was very interesting to tackle because there were a couple of engineers based out of japan um, quite a few some, actually yeah uh mainly the back end team if i remember right but and that was interesting as we kind of got deeper into the project and then you know for me being on the east coast there's also the the west coast folks too but it kind of worked out where sometimes when i'd get up get up you know and start my day the Japan team was kind of wrapping up their day. So it would be like a quick handoff. I'd hop on a call with a couple of them and just see how far they got along with maybe wrapping up the back end stuff and then be able to start my morning off of that work. And then eventually, you know, West Coast folks would come online and then kind of keep rolling in in that sense. The one thing that I really like about time zones and how spread out we are is it almost felt like this app was being worked on 24-7. It's true. (laughs) There was always... I think if you look at, you know, the time difference, because for me, I think Tokyo was 13 or so hours ahead. So it kind of worked out perfectly where twenty four seven someone was on the app working during, you know, business hours.
2: It it actually really helped, like, keep things moving because someone on the back end team would basically be working on something overnight in Japan. And then we would come back to work the next day and like have the endpoints we needed or something. Uh, so it was sort of like this handoff,
1: you know, how was it uh, like, cause it, you, you had this existing native code mm-hmm. with react native. One of the first things you have to do is actually just read through the native code, find out what's going on in there. Um, I don't know how now, do you know how old the code base was?
0: It was about six years. Um, yeah, around the time when I joined, so it's about six years. Yeah.
1: Okay. Six years old, uh, so you know you have to kind of go through and and learn the history of mm-hmm. of everything that has been done to it in those six years. Um, so, how was it kind of reading through that existing code uh, as we were doing the the porting? Uh,
2: it was definitely a uh, an interesting experience. I mean, for one thing, you're you're reading through Kotlin and Swift, mm-hmm. uh, which is different for a lot of React Native developers, they may not be as familiar. Uh, So like, parsing through all that was really interesting and a challenge. But also, there's a, a level of business knowledge and context that you have to have to know like, what you're looking at and or why something is the way it is or, or like, okay, so why was this rule put in place? Or why? Like, why did you need this logic or something that like, you, it's hard to get from maybe just reading, and so we definitely relied a lot on uh, pairing and working with a lot of the existing Mercari team because the, the, their, their native developers, uh, even though they may have been new to React Native, they had all of this context and uh, knowledge of how the business worked, which was really valuable.
3: Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think, Nalia, you implemented the buddy system at the beginning when we first came on, and that yeah. was very helpful. Actually, you and I were paired up. Mm-hmm. and. It was very valuable. I remember working on a task and getting stuck because I'm looking at the native code, but not the business, you know, use case. I wasn't really sure what was necessarily expected to happen. So we would hop on a call and, you know, you'd explain it and you kind of show me the native code and then we'd work through it that way. And then eventually, you know, pair on the React native code. And that was, that was awesome. And then sometimes it was vice versa. You know, you, you would have the, the, the knowledge of the, you know, the, the biz- business knowledge. And then we would compare and, and kind of get to the the react native side. So I think that was a very cool uh bridging of gaps there.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think the uh pairing worked out really well for also our engineers who are relatively new to react native. So, you know, infinitely you guys are able to uh teach us on a react native side while we are able to bring the, dom- you know, business domain knowledge. So that worked out pretty well. And I mm-hmm. also want to to have, um, you know, in order to for you guys to start working on the app, start looking into from the um, our React Native code base. So it was easier for, for you know, Infinite Lit members to understand the code base written in React Native and import it over to our new React Native code base.
1: Mm-hmm. It is kind of interesting thing about code as communication, mm-hmm. as communicating business needs, business values. Mm -hmm. Um, because it seems like an extremely I mean obviously it's for a different reason. You're trying to actually build a machine, right? But uh but it's all it is communication as well, especially when you're porting. Mm -hmm. You're in there, you're trying to understand not only what code's there, but why it's there. Why is why is this here? And there have been systems that I've built where it's very specific business logic in there. You know, we really need to check for this because of this specific business need. (laughs) Um and it, it's a it's a vote in favor of writing code that is readable, that is well documented, that is well commented. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Just, even if it works, if it doesn't communicate, mm-hmm. when someone inevitably sometime rewrites it, they're not going to know what it's for and why it, why it's there, and they're going to have to rediscover that later. Conversely, uh, when something's in code, it's harder to change. It's like pouring concrete. Mm-hmm. Uh, now now it's like oh. We don't want this building here, we want it over there. It's in the way. Okay, well now we have to rip it out and we have to go pour concrete somewhere else. You have, to, re, you have else. to reroute the yeah. plumbing, you have to like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. And make sure we don't cut off water to some other building. <laughs> so that's where, you know, having good tests helps as well.
2: I will say it was it was an interesting challenge uh, because as React Native developers, we, we have experience with native code but it's in a very specific way. We mm. like over like you build uh native components and you you send information over the bridge. It's very specific. And like one thing that was definitely challenging and we learned a lot from is like learning just how an entire native app is structured and how to follow like the path of data and logic and like where to look for things. Uh so as react native developers, I I would highly recommend just like learning about the basic structure of a native app, it was really eye-opening. Uh, and we definitely learned a lot going through that process.
1: I actually did an internal workshop not too long ago where I went through kind of building a, a native app. Mm-hmm. I want to do another one, uh, you know, maybe like maybe an Android one, because uh, I think that was mm-hmm. that was iOS. we were actually doing Swift UI, uh, but uh, I want to do that for my team as well. You know, we have people on the team that have done native code. In fact, we did a lot of native apps uh, prior to uh, the merger before Robin was, was at, before before Robin or Mazin were at uh, Infinite Red, we did a lot of native apps. So there are people that from back then that did, you know, native oh, apps. We, we definitely
2: relied. We used uh, a lot of the experience of our yeah. team
1: those people mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like th- that's also changed over mm-hmm. over time like how you build native oh, apps yeah. has changed it looks con- mm, entirely different yeah. 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 yeah but it's just so, a, it's a nice
2: skill to have because when you spin up a react really native app you have just created an entire ios app and an entire android app in your project and there's a lot yeah. of parts that that we never really like yeah. see or touch or understand because it that just is It is
1: there it works and that's kind of one of my big things that i try to do for our team is uh is like give workshops that show different aspects of what we do at a deeper level uh just so that the whole team has has understandings they you know they may have it to some degree or another but uh but that's that's big especially Mm -hmm.
3: when you're dealing with a hybrid app yeah i remember stumbling on this um youtube series i don't remember the name it's like android fundamentals it was run by google uh Google India, I think it was, but they had a really good fundamental series on how to build Android apps. And it was very, very detailed. So it was really cool to see an end to end. I believe it was in Kotlin. I'm not hundred percent sure now it's, it's been a while. I mean, it was kind of towards the beginning of this project where they just show you how to do everything, you know, even goes as deep. We just had an episode on, um, Firebase. It goes as deep as how to integrate Firebase into your app also. So I thought that was really cool to see. So, it, and it was a Relatively, didn't take really that long to go through it, but I came out of it with a better understanding and going to the pairing sessions. Now your background was Android, so it was very helpful. So you, the language you were using to kind of understand all that.
0: Yeah, I see now that we transition to React Native, many of us coming from the native background, uh, becoming a React Native engineer, having the uh, native background is extremely strong asset. And then mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, in my opinion, it might be uh, m- more difficult for React Web engineer trying trying to understand the I- either iOS or Android um, mm-hmm. native platform. So I, I find that um, becoming a React Native engineer from native app background will get you even a better position.
2: Oh yeah, you have a huge advantage. I think
1: it's not so much an issue these days, but back when we first started doing React Native, uh, it was actually a lot harder to. So it was easy to convince a web developer to do it because it's like, hey, you can use React over, but you can build a, a mobile app. Mm-hmm. The native engineers were more resistant. And what I would tell native engineers was, hey, we need you in the React Native ecosystem. We need your experience. We need your, you know, the everything you bring to the table. This is not just a bunch of web developers coming in and trying to tell you how to do your job. Uh, well, that may happen as well, <laughs> but uh, that's not the intent. This is actually a collision between those two communities in a good way where you can get a lot of great ideas from both sides of this. Um, I I felt like we were lucky, uh, you know, certainly I was lucky to have done uh, native mobile apps for essentially three years, four years before that. Um, So it was mostly iOS, but uh, I did. I dabbled a little bit with Android um, as well. And so I kind of understood the basics of it. I actually built a library for for Android that i think that that was a big thing back then nowadays it doesn't seem to be as big of an issue um it seems like native engineers native mobile engineers are uh, they understand the the proposition uh, the value proposition of of react native a little better now
2: unlike that other that other framework uh react that native other <laughs> that other framework <laughs> react native isn't just like oh you're building in react native and native isn't even involved like they're highly coupled all the
3: They are. All Mm -hmm. the
2: the major libraries that we use in every project have huge, like, they have native components everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so important. And so you're right. We do, like, we need people with native experience as part Mm -hmm. of the community. And so, yeah.
1: There was a a custom design system with Mercari. Uh, Mm -hmm. So tell me more about that, uh, about the design system and how that kind of impacted the project.
0: So, prior to. Writing the React Native, hundred percent. We already had design system in place, but back then it was a adoption of uh, design system was harder to implement uh, because essentially we had to implement in three code bases: iOS and Android and React Native. Um, And another piece of puzzle is that we had to, uh, comply on the accessibility. We wanted to increase our accessibility adoption so that, uh, we can reach uh, more audiences. And we implemented accessibility in mind for design system. And um, we, we now have, uh, more than 30 plus components and atoms, uh, in, in our uh, design system definitions. And that, Building puzzle, uh, building pieces uh, of the UI implementation is something that we focus on the early stage of the React Native uh, app delight. So we, for the first uh, month or two, we spend our time on um, defining and lighting the design system components in React Native. So that gave us a boost. Start um, getting into the application layer to build up the features.
2: Uh, what you said is absolutely true that getting thinking about your design system first mm-hmm. is absolutely critical and the i remember we came onto the project and the design system was designed like all the the Figma was designed and everything already and it was in, incredibly detailed and thorough and complete which made things so much easier and all of the designers who were designing features we're actively using and referencing the design system components, which is fabulous. And so
1: that's kind of the second part yeah. of that, right? Like you, you, have to use it exactly. <laughs> you have to, and if the designs don't, don't
2: like, don't actually use it, then you just end up with custom code all over the place, and it's it almost doesn't worse. work. Yeah, yeah. But you, they would ref- in their Figma designs, they would reference like, okay, this is the the design system button awesome. or the design system divider or whatever.
3: Yeah, you, you just you, I think you hit the nail on the head, Robin. Whenever I would ping a designer I'd be like, hey, you know, I'm working on this screen. Is this a new component? Uh, and the quick the quick response nope. was, nope, this is X and Y. And they were pull up the code and it was like, oh, okay. And that's it. And you just call it, done.
2: They were almost allergic to anything that wasn't in the design system in a good way. Like in a very good way. There's mm-hmm. very strict standards about anything that was custom.
3: It made it so easy. Yeah. I don't think I remember adding any components as the project went on because it was so thorough from the beginning and that was very helpful other than you know your token modal and like toasts th- those are just evolving stuff as the project grows you might need a different package you might need something more custom
0: when we are scoping out the uh the light project the only new scope or new feature um, that we wanted to introduce as a part of our is a design system adoption. Um, we didn't want to have any new functionality added to the new app, but the only thing we wanted to make sure that we can adopt is the higher adoption of design systems. So I think we have achieved, um, if not close to 100%, of the design system adoption at this point. So definitely make the remarkable progress on that.
2: I would say it's the best I've ever seen. For you. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: You mentioned accessibility and this is not lip service. This is not sort of like, um, Oh, we need to check a box Oh, no. for Makari, This was absolutely a first class citizen. It was one of the first things that now he actually talked to me about in, in our initial zoom call mm-hmm. <laughs> when, when he reached out to us. Uh, we need really good accessibility here. And I thought it was, it was fantastic because there's too many times where it's like, well, I guess we should probably have accessibility. That wasn't it. This was like no, we're gonna make this amazing. So I hope that we have achieved that, and I hope that anybody who uses accessibility tools, who uses the Mercari app, that you know that they have a great experience uh, when when using Mercari. The other piece of this now, yeah, is the native apps had a great app store rating. I mean, not just good. We're talking like four point eight stars with a lot of ratings. That feels risky to move away from native when you have such a great. Uh, app Store rating. So, tell tell me about the pros and cons of the business decision of moving to uh, to React
0: Native. For sure, that was the uh, one of the hardest discussions that we had in the company. You know, obviously we have a, a native app engineers um, as well as the React Native engineers uh, back then. But one of the constant struggles that we had with uh, maintaining the hybrid app with Android core base, iOS, and React Native is that um, needing to have application level update like design system and accessibility is much more difficult to update in three core bases. So that's one. And the other is that when, when we expand the surfaces of React Native, the data synchronization between native and React Native is is becoming more and more challenging. So essentially, uh, we had to ask engineers to know both native and act Native layer to implement uh, any large scale feature development. So um, it it was also burden to mobile app developers back then. Um, Another piece is the uh, hiring is always being a challenge for us. And we had to uh, basically hire you know, iOS and Android engineers to to, um, to fill our position. So uh, we wanted to make sure that we can scale our team uh, while not needing to, let's say, double or triple our headcount to do that. Mm-hmm. So it, it was essentially about uh, being able to scale our business without needing to hire, let's say, you know, a triple of engineers to do that.
2: That makes total sense. I know J- Jamin's been pretty vocal about the business advantages of react native
1: yeah and it's really validating though to hear it over and over we hear the kind of the same story it's about maintaining it's about adding features with velocity it's about hiring it's about having a reasonably sized team instead of triple the size as now it says we hear these over and over but it's validating because they're coming from you know, people are not just repeating talking points. They they're coming to these decisions independently, and and it, it validates the the decisions. You know, and I think you know when I wrote that article that Flutter is better than React Native in all the ways that don't matter. Uh, it was a it, in a lot of ways it wasn't really about Flutter. It was really more about React Native versus just about everything else. Mm-hmm. And Flutter actually is closer to React Native than just about everything else. So, you get a lot of those business advantages. Uh but yeah, that that, that is very validating. So, after 18 months, uh you've been working on this and you click that button to go live and you start rolling this out. What were the feelings like? Now, I wanted I want to kind of, you know, get get your get inside your head a little bit there on that.
0: Well, it was definitely a stressful timing uh uh for my career for sure. Uh, but we definitely spent a lot of time prior to the release making sure everything's buttoned up correctly. Um, we had the um, a dog fooding app uh, for our internal employees over 10 months before the public release. So we get to know in and out about the um, our app performance on production uh, u- using a dog fooding app. So that was a, that was a big one. Other uh, pieces to make sure that we have a... A good release coming up is that, um, we spend, um, uh, we, we define what we call the release ability. Uh, so we put together, um, what we think, uh, what, what, what we, we define as the, we, once we pass the, the mark, uh, for example, number of open bugs, number of a completion of the, uh, feature development and, um, the QA feedback and all of that is, Define prior to uh we call it uh okay we can now this so everybody in the team knows uh, how we get to the release ability state so that's another um kind of a peace of mind that uh, get, get 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 us on the same page are, are we confident about the it is so building a confidence in the team is the uh, major exercise that we did and making sure that everybody knows and everybody feels confident about the it is is a big one
1: yeah you don't want a major Feeling like something's gonna go wrong when you hit that button. You want to have that mm-hmm. confidence.
3: I, I totally agree with you. I think as a developer working on, you know, different projects, I think the the cycle of getting a, getting a feature in to it being released, you knew that once your PR was merged and it was gonna go out as a new version and you were gonna get that dog fooding alert that there's a new version available, you knew that so many eyes and hands had gone through that code even if it was something very simple i remember like when we were getting like we were close to the towards the end when we're starting to release i believe i believe android was out the door at that point i remember even if it was something simple like a typo or whatever think of whatever the most minor code change you've ever done it still went through the entire process as if it was something major and you knew with full confidence like there was nothing missing, nothing wrong. It built in development and production and test and everyone went through it. There was a lot of regression testing and you knew with confidence, like you didn't have to w- have to worry about anything.
0: Yeah, uh, like Mason mentioned, uh, we decided to roll out Android app first. Uh, this is primarily because we are able to conduct a, uh, basically configure the uh, rollout process um, more than the app store. So we started with 1% DDs and every week we increase uh, up to 50% and when we once we get to the 50% we um uh we we pause the uh, rollout for uh, about 4 weeks so that we get to measure the business impact that it might have from the react native app and then we're making sure that we are not degrading any business metric while you know adopting a react native app. Which was able to do that on the Play Store, uh, so that gave us another confidence in in the business in saying that hey, by adopting a React Native, we're not you know negatively impacting any business metric. In fact, we we are able to see uh, some significant improvement of some of our core business metrics. So that's a nice uh, another another uh, assurance in that by adopting React Native, we are able to improve our uh, business uh, metrics.
1: What so we've talked a lot about the benefits of React Native, but we also like to maybe be realistic about it too. What parts of this weren't as good with React Native?
0: We hear, li- right now, we are uh, focusing on the um, performance. Uh, performance is something that we've definitely uh, focus a lot and trying to understand how uh, React Native on production um, uh, works and, uh, you know, be performant in the app, so that's something that we're definitely focusing on these days. Is to understand and you know, how we can write more performant app.
1: Yeah, because I think it. While you can have performant React Native apps, you you do have to understand kind of the model of how it works and really be thinking that through from because there, there's so many different places that performance bottlenecks can can
2: pop up. And everyone is looking forward to the React Native new architecture, which. Should have a lot of impact on performance improvements. Does the Mercari team have that on their roadmap to transition to the new architecture?
0: Yeah, we in fact already have uh, working code that is uh, enabling the new architecture. We haven't deployed that to production yet, but definitely uh, something that we're actively working on, and then looking forward to seeing how how that will changes the uh, dynamics of our app.
3: So. What's next for the
0: Mercario? Now is about using this new game, Velocity, to, you know, um, uh, go after the business side. Uh, it's, it's more about um, now that we have um, 16 plus engineers uh, lighting in the act Native Code and deploying to both iOS and Android, which is a massive gain in Velocity that changes our business, yeah. right? So definitely looking forward to seeing that in action and see how fast we can move. And also, um, um, you know, being able to um, get more user feedback and iterate fast and being able to have engineer have more ownership and deliver the impact from from their side. Back then, uh, you know, it was more about um, consuming the, you know, feature development uh, took majority of our time. so. Now we are able to spend more time on the engineering, initiatives, performance improvement uh, over the app update and whatnot that are um, something that we want to work on. Uh, so I'm excited to see both, you know, escalation of the feature development as well as the initiatives uh, that are led by the engineers themselves.
2: I can't wait to see all all the new features come.
1: It was really awesome to work with your team on this on this app, mm-hmm. which is really fun. You can learn a lot more about uh, the business decisions behind this and the evolution, you know, moving to React Native. If you go read now is uh, two articles. Uh, I will link to them in the show notes why we decided to rewrite our iOS and Android apps from scratch in React Native and then our React Native evolution. Uh, But one of those is on the on Medium, on the Mercari Engineering Medium uh, publication. And there's another one on the Mercari blog. Uh, under engineering posts, so we'll put a we'll put a link to those in the show notes. If you'd like to nerd out more about React Native, check out my Twitch stream at rn.live. Uh, by the way, I'm probably going to be moving more to Mondays instead of Fridays for for uh, rn.live. Uh, there's just a lot going on on Fridays, so uh, it's it works better for me. You can also join our Slack community community.infinite.red. Uh, you can check out our new Twitter community rn.twitter.infinite.red. We're Actually, there's quite a few uh, React Native developers on that uh, community, and and they interact quite a bit. So it's been a lot of fun. You can find uh, Robin at Robin underscore Heinz on Twitter. You can find Mazen at Mazen Chami. You can find me at Jamin Holmgren. You can find Naoya at Naoya Makino, uh, just his first and last name. And you can find React Native Radio at React Native RDIO. Thanks so much, Naoya, for joining us. It was really fun to talk about this project. and and kind of get some insight into all the decisions behind it.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me. And thanks for working with us and React Native. You guys brought a lot of the expertise and experience in the Native. So definitely appreciate how much you guys have worked with us on this.
1: It was definitely uh, our pleasure and and a, a great partnership uh, working on this, this project. As always, thanks to our producer and editor, Todd Wirth, our assistant editor and episode release coordinator, Jed Bartoski. Our designer, Justin Husky, and our guest coordinator, Derek Greenberg. Thanks to our sponsor, Infinite Red. Check us out at infinite.red reactnative And a special thanks to you, the listener. Really appreciate it. Go give us a rating on the App Store or Google Play or Spotify or whatever you're listening on. That's always really cool when we can get a rating. Um, we don't have as many as we probably should. So <laughs> it, it'd be nice to, to get a few more. I know that there's thousands of you out there listening to these uh, these episodes. Robin, do you have a mom joke? Uh, I do. Oh, I was kind of hoping you didn't. <laughs> you're
2: you're going to love it. <laughs> what do you call a bug that won't die? I don't know what. A zombie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. I got a See million you all next time, them. people.
1: <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs>